Yo, what's good? It's your man JD, G2 Podcast, Dreaming Little Dash Your Band Podcast. Round two, part two of my tribute to hip hop 50 years in. So um starting it off, getting it off, letting it off. Hey, if you take it personal, you take it personal. I don't really give a fuck. Um I'm gonna talk about my interactions with this cat named Rodney Jerkins. So if you don't know who Rodney Jerkins is, he was this this super hot producer back in the day. Um, I think it's company's called Dark Child Productions or some shit. So back when the mid nineties, like ninety five, ninety six, everybody named Mama in Lang City was trying to throw they they bid into the hat to get on. We called it trying to get on, right? So um we were all trying to do shows, do demos, get spots at the club, all kinds of shit. You know how it go. Get some buzz. We ain't had the social media platforms that we have now. We didn't have none of that. We had none of that type of shit. Like how now I have a podcast, I have social media accounts, I have a website you know, I have online stores. I got all of that. We ain't had none of that. You could start setting up like your website and all. But back then, you talking about spending a couple of dollars, like a couple hefty dollars. Um, just to get you. We had what was called media packets back then. Right. So your media packet was kind of like a description of who you were as an entertainer or in this industry. And you had to have, you had some bullshit, you know, or you could have a really thorough media packet. You could have your shit on CD if you was really, if you had the money for that bullshit. Um, but like I said, it was just, it was steps, gradual steps and progressions to the system that we have now. Excuse me, shout out to them young brothers and sisters now who can soldier boy that shit up, make their money, put their platform out there, own their content. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Pay tribute and homage to the ones who came before y'all who laid down that foundation. That's all a lot of those old people are saying. All those old heads are saying. Like, y'all ain't just do this shit by yourself and just get it out the dirt by yourself. It's people who came before y'all who had to do the, the groundwork. Y'all talk about getting it out the mud. We were the mud. Yeah, you know I'm saying? We, we had to put time and we had to put work in. We had to put miles in. We had to put blood, sweat, tears into this shit. So... All most OGs say is pay homage, be respectful, respect the craft. You know what I'm saying? Respect what we doing. Respect who laid down the groundwork for this shit. But I digress. Um, <clears throat> so around this time, like I said, everybody trying to get it. They got media packets. They got their, you know, their flyers. They got their business cards. They trying to make connections. Everybody walking around with a cassette or a CD on their demo shit. You know, everybody trying to get on. They trying to hit all the conventions, the hip hop conventions, um, everything, everything. So comes along this dude and his family. Now, um, I'm going to try and be tactful in a lot of this shit that I'm going to say and I'm going to lay down. But um, uh, it's funny how a lot of shit starts off in the church. You know what I'm saying? Like, a whole lot of shit start off in the church. And 
Not not for me, per se, but this dude's family members, I think they was real heavy in the church. I think he was heavy in the church, too, the boy Rodney, and then his uncle and his brother. So, um, just do some happenstance type shit. Like, my people knew his people, right? So, I'm not going to get into how we knew this, this motherfucker, but... You know, my people from back Maryland knew his people, his uncle. So we got introduced on some humbug type shit, you know, because my my brother knew what I was trying to do. And, you know, he knew what this dude was talking about, because, of course, now you got to you got to drum. You got to drum it up. You got to sell it. So his uncle was going around selling this shit. Oh, my nephew, you're going to be the next Teddy Riley. Yada, 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 yada. Which, you know, I ain't, listen, I'm not knocking, I'm not knocking nobody. I'm not trying to talk down to nobody, no shit like that. Um, because it, it manifested to a certain degree. So, but he was selling it hard. Like, yeah, you know, you, you need to get with him. Yada, 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 that type shit. So, of course, if niggas don't know you, like, they not checking for you. So... But the conversation was was stimulating and it was enough to kind of get me to kind of like peep my ear because I was always trying to listen for a good business deal. That was always my thing. That's why my brother always came to me with that type of shit because he knew I had the ear for it. So I'm trying to listen to it and say what's up. And I was like, I don't know, B. We had to see. Like, let's fill him out. Yada, yada, yada. So we listened to him talk for a while. He's talking that come down to the church shit. Wasn't nobody trying to hear that shit at all. Uh, not our not our crew anyway. Um, but then he came, I think months later, he came back and was like, he about to get, my nephew about to get signed to Mercury for a $500,000 $500, deal. So then like when that came out, everybody was like, what? What the fuck? What? And he's like, yeah, he's going to be working with Teddy Riley. Da, 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 da. And we was like, say word. So... He's like, I'm telling you, we about to blow up. You need to get with him. Now, it's different. So, now everybody kind of like percolating and kind of like waiting to see. Boy, get the deal. He definitely got the deal. Um, I think we heard it through the grapevine. Not through him, but we heard it, I think, on the news or some way through the, through the grapevine that the boy got signed for $500,000 $500, production deal, right? And after that... It was like crazy. Um, mind you, we met this dude and the whole shit. It's kind of like, you know how somebody is trying to come after you? Like they trying to, they come around you all the time. So he was a church dude. So he was coming around the hood a little bit. Like he didn't come too deep into the hood. He didn't come too deep. But he was coming around the hood and he was kind of like, yeah, y'all need to get with me. He was in the dude, the uncle was in the dude. Yeah, it's my nephew right here. The fat dude. It's my nephew right here, and he about to be the next. And we was looking at him, like, you know, like street niggas, a nigga that's come from around the way. Look at, look at suburban dudes and church dudes, especially suburban church dudes. Like, yeah, right, shut your corny ass up, because he looked like a cornball, fat little cornball. But the shit manifested. Like, we ain't never go to church and hear this nigga play, and we ain't know what kind of shit he was on. Like, we ain't know how good he was. We ain't know. So the shit went through. He got the deal. And then after that, it go from, it switch. It go from, 
him coming through trying to holler at us to us trying to get at him. Now we cracking down. We trying to do more demos. We trying to get studio time. We trying to do all this crazy shit. Now everybody in the mad rush to get work, get they work and they projects together, right? So me and Imari, we trying to get our shit together. Uh, a couple other dudes, local dudes from the city, trying to get their shit together. Now, from what I understand, this nigga, his family is from Pleasantville. From what I understand. From what I understand. Uh, or close by there. They weren't from the city. Uh, it just went, it went like he came one night, he met us after he did some kind of, he did some kind of event. For some church in Atlantic City. And then he agreed to meet me and Imari. And he had. um I don't know if he had got the money. Or he's just about to get the money. But he pulled up in like a. In a in a Mercedes or some shit. Like it was nice as fuck. For that year. So he pulled up. He said he only had like a minute. To meet with us. And he met he met us up in like the alley off the off the side of the church. Me and Mari, we sitting in Mari's car. We got our demo, we got our music and shit. So he's like, yeah, 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 you know. Let me check that out real quick. So we give him the demo. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to put everybody on from around the way from the area. You know how we got now his whole swag different. Now he dressed like a city dude, and he, now he's talking like he a boss. All right, so we give him a demo. He's like, yeah, I'm just getting with a couple of brothers. You know, I'm trying to get put a little shine on for, for some of the brothers. And we was like, all right, cool, cool, because we heard a couple other crews talking that's rapping and getting their demos together, right? So everybody's checking for this dude. So he met with us, took the demo. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get with y'all. I'm going to get with y'all. So he's like, all right, cool. He lead, we lead. Then we hear that he... Flies out to, I think it might have been California. He's out there working on somebody's shit. I think Teddy Riley's shit or something. And um, we didn't hear from this nigga for like months. So now the talk was he was about to get, I think, a $1.2 million production and artist deal from some record company. I can't remember the name of the record company. But when we all heard that, everybody was like, oh, we about to be on because we got a direct connect. Da, 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 da. Mind you, ain't none of us heard from this dude. We hear from his uncle from time to time, but not so much. Um, at the same time, they're building a studio in Pleasantville. Right. Or, or, uh, so jokers, local jokers come through and record, get they get they record on. Um So we finally caught this dude. I think it was a convention. I think it might have been a rap convention or something in the city. And Imari was like, yo, we got to go confront this nigga at least about the music and see what's popping. Because now all the crews was together. Like all the crews start talking and was kind of like, he, listen, first of all, he fucked around with some crews that, you know, they rapped about that thug shit. But they was really about that shit. Like they was really about that bullshit. So they was like, yo, like, he 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 took our music. Like, this dude took our demo. He didn't tell us nothing. Like, you know what I'm saying? So we all like, yeah, we ain't saying shit. You know what I mean? So I think Imari got wind to where he was going to be at. We shot down there, and he had a couple people with him. 
You know what I mean? Kind of like on some yo security type shit, but not really, but kind of sort of. And we caught him coming out, getting to going to the car. We kind of caught him halfway. We was like, yo, yo. We, so we was like maybe about 10 feet away from him. And that's as close as we could get to the dude. So we, Mario was like, yo, what's up? Jerkins, what's going on, baby? Like, what's up? This motherfucker, I'm going to tell y'all what this dude said to us. He turned around. He looked at us. He lifted his shades up. He had shades on and a fucking stupid little Kango hat or some shit. He looked at us. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. What up? What up? And I'm like. What up? What's going on with the music? So I said this. This is what I said. Because now I'm at the point where, fuck who you with. I'm ready to fly heads. He go, yo, man, yo, yo. Y'all keep doing. I'm, t- I'm telling y'all his words verbatim. You hear me? Verbatim. Yo, man, y'all keep doing that shit, man. Y'all going to get on. Y'all going to be all right. Y'all keep doing that shit. Got in the car, turned around, got in the car, and they drove the fuck off. I was so I was trying to pick shit up and throw it at the car, and Mari trying to hold me back. And that's when me and Mari kind of got, because he wanted to be diplomatic about the shit on some light skin shit. But I was ready to be on some. Yo, I take this fucking forty bottle that's sitting here in the gutter, and I crash out the back of your windshield. Like something got to give. So, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. After all that, niggas is walking around deflated. Like I know dudes who gave this dude a whole, a whole, a whole sixteen. Like some dudes gave him a whole like twenty four. Like a whole, a whole double LP type shit. Like you don't do that to people. Not just no EP, like two songs, three songs, or some shit like that. Dudes gave up whole albums of songs, like whole a whole a whole body of work. You know what I mean? On that, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a lookout for y'all type shit. So niggas was like, "What do you do with all of the music?" Like that's the question was. Jokers wanted to know, okay, you're not putting nobody on. Then what you do with all our music? Like what you do with all our shit? And that was the thing. Like what 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 was really good? Like what's Where's all our shit at? Where my shit at? And like I said, some dudes they 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 pay for studio time, they pay for mastering, have that shit digitally mastered, remastered, get it ready for that, you know, all of that, all that shit you gotta do. They got their press packets and they, they media kits and shit up, and you know they worked on their whole little style and design, like everything. Like now, me and Mari kind of got it out the mud. We kind of did it because me and Black could do the artwork. Mari did the music. We we ain't clean that shit up. It was raw and gritty, like on some first Wu Tang type shit. But it was it was our shit. You know what I'm saying? So, but niggas wanted to know, okay, what you do with the music? If you're not if you're not setting nobody up, you want if you want Jokers to wait till you open the studio to come in. Now you're gonna charge us to use the studio? Yeah, that's a business deal. That ain't that ain't no lookout. But okay, all right. So if you gonna do that, what what you do with the music? What you do with all the work that we didn't gave up? And like I said, some of these cats, they not the type of cats. These young these young wolves was hungry. They not the type of cats to do that to. Like the shit they was rapping, they was rapping about some real shit. Like I said, at that time AC was real hot with the gang shit. You know, motherfuckers was popping off. They shoot you, they shoot you in the heartbeat. You know what I'm saying? Or or fuck you up. You know what I'm saying? It was one of the two was going down. So lo and behold, I think uh, about a year kind of kind of died down they waited for him to get back over here 
because I think he was bouncing between Virginia where Teddy Riley's play studio was and California, some shit. And he was laying down tracks. Like, he was real hot for a minute. Like, all you heard was this nigga. He was doing shit for Brandy, Whitney Houston, all of that shit. So, like, we was, he was ringing bells. Like, we was hearing this motherfucker's name and his company name ringing on TV and on fucking MTV and fucking Video One and all of that shit. You know, niggas are sitting around heated. Like, heated. You know what I'm saying? Heated. So, he finally come back. Niggas get word that he get back. His brother already been at the studio, setting up the studio. And so, and the, and the uncle. So, I think it was his older brother. So the thing was, they were supposed to have a grand opening, some kind of grand opening, some crazy shit. And he was supposed to come and he was supposed to be there for the grand opening. So I think they did that weekend. They did a soft opening or something. And from what I know, from what I understand, before the before Rodney got there, the brother went there. I think his name was Larry. The brother got there with the uncle and some other dudes. And some other dudes got there and start questioning this nigga, like, where Rodney at? And all I know is the older brother wound up getting shot a couple times out in front of this bitch, out in front of this studio. And they ain't even had the hard opening yet. They just had a little soft jaw. So he called a couple. And uh, I think he, he barely got away with his life. He did live, though, from what I understand. Like, mind you, I'm just I'm third person retelling the story. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know about none of that. I don't, I don't know about none of that. All I know is what somebody told me, what I heard. I'm telling y'all shit that I heard. So, um, but the point I'm making is you can't fuck motherfuckers over. Like, I don't even think his his studio did any business after that because it was, it was highly publicized in Pleasantville. And it was just so much bad blood and they was trying to figure out, like, they trying to figure out where all this bad energy coming from. Nigga, you know where the bad energy coming in from. You claim to be this church dude and then you jerked a lot of dudes from the city. That's why your name Jerkins. You jerked a lot of dudes from the city and you think Jokers was going to sit back and, and just let you kind of, like, live off that, eat off that? See, it, you can't do that type of shit to people. You can't do that. Be a man, stand on your word, make your word be a bond. All you got is your word and your balls. But that show you the shysty nature of this shit. Like it's shysty. It's dirty. He probably took all our music, all our shit, all our production value, and went and used it for some other people's shit. Then what if what if like I never heard my shit, but what if you heard your shit or some some of your shit in Whitney Houston shit or in fucking Brandy shit or somebody shit? You probably lose your motherfucking mind. You'll be pissed off if you're a street nigga and you're trying to stay out of jail and you're trying to get out the life and, and all of that shit. Man. So that's my story with Rodney Fatboy Jerkins. Um, man, look. It's, it's shit like that that just... It taught me, it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot. It was one of those lessons to teach me about Owning and controlling my shit. And I've had other lessons later on down the line, which I'll, I'll tell them. I'll break down in different different shows that I do uh, with just having these businesses, interacting with people, doing business, setting up contracts, getting deals uh, with the security stuff um, and, and just with everything. It don't matter for security, logistics, like what the fuck ever. It don't matter. Like you have to have a, a, a set standard of how you're going to do business. 
then you got to stand on that. Like you have motherfuckers that'll tell you, oh yeah, you know, this is a great business deal and we shopping it, we doing all of this, we doing all of that. All right, well, but it, it take three, four years to get the deal done. Hold on, <clears throat> but you keep going through the same people to get the deal done. Uh, either the deal ain't as good as you propose or you only fucking with this person because they can, or they're the only people who are going to offer you this particular type of deal. But at the end of the day, it don't take all day to make a deal manifest if both parties are trying to do the deal. And at some point, you got to recognize some real shit and stop being delusional and just keep saying the same regurgitated shit. Like what I don't like is I don't like a lot of motherfuckers just talking to me thinking that. Oh, I'm a person just supposed to believe what I'm saying. No, I mean, I'm going to listen to what you say. But as far as believing what you're telling me, the facts dictate what it is for me. Not what you're saying, the facts. If I tell you I can provide you with five guards for four hours, uh, we can be in New York by this time, and we can handle this type of crowd and do all that. My word is my bond. We can do that. Now, if it's anything outside of that, that's outside my scope. I'm going to tell you that right off the flip. I can't handle that. That's outside my preview purview. I can't control that. That's not my specialty. That's not going to be something I'm going to be able to do. Why waste people's time? Why waste your time? Just to get a bag, a quick bag? That's quick money. Long money is do a good job, do the right job, and be straight with your expertise and whatever it is you're doing, and rock out. But be honest, treat people fair, and stand on your word. That should be part of your branding. We've lost that, and this new generation that we're in right now is just terrible. So you see it from here back in the mid-90s where Jokers was on some, some puffy shit. You know what I'm saying? He was like on some puffy shit. He wasn't on no shit night shit because he wasn't trying to strong arm nobody. But he was on some puffy shit. He was trying to be on some, I'm going to just jerk you out your out your contract or out your shit. I'm going to make it seem like it's one thing and it's something totally different. I'm going to finesse you on the y'all mean part. But, you know, that finesse come back on your ass. Fuck around with the wrong people. And I don't even kick no karma shit. Y'all don't never hear me talk about no karma shit or karma because westernized karma is not what Eastern karma is about. It's just, it's two different concepts. We done took it and made it a whole different type of ideology with Western karma. Talking about, oh, I'm going to let karma do this to you. That's not how karma work, you fucking idiot. But listen, I ain't worry about that. All I'm saying is you got to be, got to be strong on your stance and stand on your word. Ain't enough of that. It's fucked up nowadays. It's real fucked up. But like I said, that's the story that we have. I have another story that I'm going to tell you guys about for part three. And that's with this dude who was a producer for Red Man. His name was um, Diesel Don. Diesel Don. So this story is, 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 a, is a silly story. It's, you know, it ain't all that. But it just shows you. The culture we were in back in the 90s with this new hip hop shit and how everybody was trying to get in on it. And Jokers was they was manifesting like they was they was making their moves and they was doing shit like it was it was crazy. It was hella crazy. So um, I'm going to I'm going to set you guys up for part three of the this probably be the last story for the hip hop tribute 50 years. Um, Diesel Don, Redman's producer, Lang City. Mid-90s, 
Crazy shit, crazy shit.